Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Genesis chapter 32. Jacob also went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, This is the camp of God. So he named that place Mahanim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, This is what you are to say to my lord Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and have remained there until now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, male and female servants. And now I'm sending this message to my lord so that I may find favor in your eyes. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau, and now he is coming to meet you, and four hundred men are coming with him. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups, and the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought, If Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. Jacob spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, Go ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. He instructed the one in the lead, When my brother Esau meets you and asks, Who do you belong to and where are you going and who owns all these animals in front of you? Then you are to say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my lord Esau, and he is coming behind us. He also instructed the second, the third, and all the others who followed the herds, you are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I'm sending on ahead. Later, when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford at Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. 
But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Penel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Penel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near that tendon. Just a few brief remarks on Jacob's approach to his brother Esau. He realized that when he had left 20 years ago, Esau intended to kill him. And so he sent messengers and told his brother Esau that his servant Jacob is coming. He took a position of humility and referred to himself as Esau's servant. Remember, Esau was technically the older brother, even though they were twins. Esau had come out of the womb first. So Jacob was putting himself into a place of submission. He referred to Esau as his lord, and he asked that he might find favor in Esau's eyes. And so these messengers went ahead to Esau, and when they returned to Jacob, they said, well, he's coming, Esau is coming. Not only is he coming, he's bringing 400 men with him. Now, Jacob feared the worst, and uh, I think I would have, and you would have as well. Here, he wasn't just coming by himself with a few friends, he was bringing 400 men with him. And so Jacob was distressed, he divided his family and and his servants and so forth in two, and uh, the flocks and the herds and the camels. And his thinking was, if Esau comes and attacks one group, then maybe some will survive. And then Jacob finally got around to praying. In verse 9 we read, Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you've shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed the Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper, and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. And so Jacob appealed to God. He said, you know, Lord, you've made promises to me. Lord, you're the one that told me to leave Laban's land and household and to return to my family. And now it looks kind of bleak because Esau is coming out with 400 men. And the last I heard from Esau, it was like highly likely Esau was going to try and kill me, Lord. So he did well to pray and solicit the help of God. So Jacob formed another strategy. He decided he was going to send a bunch of gifts ahead to Esau. And in, in his thinking, these gifts were sent in an attempt to subdue or to soften up Esau a little bit. And then he divided up his wives and children. And he put Rachel, who was his favorite wife, at the back of the line with her son Joseph. At this point, she didn't have Benjamin yet. And so these family members were going to go out. And once again, his thinking was, if the gifts don't soften him up, maybe I'll be able to catch on early. Um, he'll attack the first group of wives and kids, and maybe I can save the last groups. And so he, he set his family on, and then he was left alone in a place. The place he was left is, is Bethel. Now, Jacob's name means surplanter. As you recall, he had grabbed the heel of his brother Esau, and he had obtained his brother Esau's blessing and his brother Esau's birthright through various means, but ultimately because the Lord wanted him to have them. And so he was named surplanter because he had surplanted Esau in his destiny as the firstborn, and had received the blessings and the rights of the firstborn. 
But here in this chapter, his name is changed. And his name is changed after he wrestles with someone the Bible calls a man. Then it refers to the same man, put that in quotes, as God. So I want to read from uh, chapter 32, verse 24. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Now this was no ordinary man. In fact, I believe it was the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ. That's my opinion. I have various reasons to say that, not the least of which is the scriptures call him God. And so this man saw that he couldn't overpower Jacob. He touched the socket of Jacob's hip, and immediately the man's hip was knocked out of joint. So obviously he could have gotten away from him if he wanted to. But Jacob replied, I'll not let you go unless you bless me. And so the man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Jacob, surplanter. I'm the surplanter. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob or surplanter, but your name will be Israel, which means prince with God. Friends, this is a very significant name change because the people, the descendants of Jacob slash Israel, are referred to as the nation of Israel. And so this encounter with this man or the pre-incarnate Christ, as I believe he was, was very significant. He said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and you've overcome. So Jacob is an overcomer. Jacob said, please tell me your name. He replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. And so Jacob got his request. The man blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Now, the prophet Hosea referred to this encounter, and he said specifically that the man was the Lord. In Hosea 12, verse 3, we read, In the womb Jacob grasped his brother's heel. As a man, he struggled with God. He struggled with the angel and overcame him. He wept and begged for his favor. He found him at Bethel and talked with him there. The Lord God Almighty, the Lord is his name. And so this encounter was not with just a man, it was not with just an angel, it was with the Lord, and I believe the person of the Godhead uh, specifically was Jesus, the pre-incarnate Jesus. Jacob wrestled with God, and he had a, a change of nature, a change of name. He was now going to be a prince with God. Friends, with God, when we have an encounter with God, when we meet the living God, we too can be changed from whatever we were in the natural to whatever it is God has created us to become. It's necessary that we approach the Lord and ask Him for this change. But it's no longer necessary to wrestle and have our hips knocked out of joint. We only have to approach in submission and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm separated from God without you. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to save me. I ask you to make me part of the family of God. Friends, if you approach Jesus and ask for mercy and recognize Him as who He is, the Son of God, and you speak to him and say, Lord, I want to be forgiven and I want to be part of your family. He'll respond. And just like he changed Jacob's name and ultimately changed Jacob's destiny, he can change your destiny as well. He may not change your name on this side of the grave, but he will certainly change your destiny. And so, friends, I urge you to come into this relationship with the living God. And if you're in wrong relationship with God and you've known him in the past, then take this as an opportunity to to get a hold of God and not let go until you get reoriented in your struggle with God. Let him be Lord of your life now and forever. And uh, friends, I just want to close in prayer. Lord God Almighty, I thank you that you touched Jacob. I thank you that you touched me. I thank you that you're able to touch everyone who's listening. 
Lord, I thank you that I am no longer what I once was, and none of us have to be. Help us to yield our lives and overcome by your grace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.